Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Before I introduce you to my amazing guest today, I just wanted to share some exciting news about Empower Her Circle membership. It's at drjuliehanks.com and you get access to all of my online courses. There's a new theme every month that we'll have monthly Q&As about. There's downloadable affirmations and journal prompts and some music. And at the VIP level, you get to work with me in a group coaching session. So check that out at drjuliehanks.com. So today I am so excited to welcome Alexis and Shante from Let's Talk Sis, and their Instagram is Let's Talk underscore Sis. And they are two sisters, and they talk about race, diversity, and connection in a very intimate way. And I am so thrilled to welcome both of you to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited to be here. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, tell me what is your question or questions for me today? Yes. So our question is kind of two parts. The first part of it is we've embarked in this new world of being business owners. We are really wanting to hone in on how we can successfully manage our time between being business owners and moms. It's Mm. been a really difficult thing for us. Mm, And we're also wondering, like, how do we handle the guilt when we feel like we're constantly disappointing either our kids or people on the business end? Gotcha. Gotcha. So this is going to resonate with a lot of my listeners because, (laughs) and it resonates with me too, because this is kind of the theme of being a working parent and a working mom in particular. So let's let's take that first part of the question. How do you manage your time and balance your time between work and family? Did I summarize that, Shantae? Exactly. Yes. Okay. So I really dislike the word balance. I think a better word is harmony. Work-life harmony. Because there's never going to be a balance. There's just, that sounds like unattainable, but having things be blending together in a way that works for everybody is, I think, a more realistic goal. So I want to help you kind of reframe that. I love that. How can we fit it together so it makes this beautiful life, this harmony, instead of, you know, how can I perfectly create this balance? I love that because I think... In my mind, I've been trying to balance and it just doesn't work. And I've been separating the two things and thinking they can't cross over. You Mm. know, I have to fulfill all of my role in this world and all of my role in this world. And I'm not doing it. I'm not meeting those expectations. But that word of harmony, I mean, it means they have to go together. So I love that perspective. Yeah. And sometimes the life part is resting. There's no music playing on this part and, and work is playing a more prominent part. And then home, you know, it kind of shifts back and forth. Who's taking the, the melody in this orchestra of your life. 
Another thing that's been really helpful for me personally is to really let go of unrealistic expectations. If you're combining two potentially full-time jobs into one life, you're going to have to shift your expectations because you're only one person. And if you have a partner, then you're two people trying to do that, right? (laughs) So what are some expectations that you can get more realistic about? Either, Either one of you have any ideas? That is a great question. I feel like both of us, Lex, you can jump in here, but we both hold ourselves to a really high standard, especially where motherhood is concerned. And I feel like we've both are just starting to explore this world of we actually have to take care of ourselves because being that selfless person ends up hurting everyone in the long run. Mm-hmm. And so I've had very high expectations for myself with motherhood where I feel like I need to be present all the time. I need to be there. No one else can do it for my kids, not even my husband sometimes. I need to be that person mm. and and their sole like caretaker. So then when I'm shifting gears and trying to involve a business, then I feel like I'm failing because now I'm I can't be that only person to do everything for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know that I have realistic expectations where motherhood is concerned. Mm. And then I just sort of feel like this failure on both ends. Like I'm just not reaching what I I hope to. So your belief, Shantae, that you should be with your children 24-7 and you are the best person to be with them all the time. I want you to ask yourself, is that true? No, it's not true. They actually really love daddy time and grandma time and Aunt Lexi time. They love that. And so I it's it's definitely an internal thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so you have this belief. So we have thoughts all the time, right? And we have beliefs. And often we don't examine them. We just think, well, because I think this, it's it must be true. And that is not the case. So you the guilt is coming from this holding on to this belief. I should be with my children 24-7, and I'm the only one who can give them adequate care, and I'm the only, right? That is not true. And so if you can kind of challenge that and recognize, well, gosh, it's really actually good for them to be with grandma and with dad and with babysitter, and they have a lot of fun, and they get a different experience, and they get to explore different sides of themselves. Like, that's actually really good. Yeah, that's, it's so true. And it, it definitely, this is definitely shifting my perspective because exactly what you said, what we think sort of becomes our reality. And I've, I've thought these things for so long that it just, it must be true, but, but it's really not. And, and I think that's directly associated to the guilt that we both feel that Alexis brought up mm-hmm. earlier is just not balanced, feeling like we're not balancing, but balance is the wrong the wrong way to look at it. Right, right. I I also want to encourage both of you to think about what am I modeling for my children about being an adult? And am I do I want to model that a good parent is with their child 24/7, neglects their own needs, feels guilty all the time, is stressed out all the time, doesn't really enjoy anything because they're 
trying to be too many things to too many people at the same time. (laughs) So think about what do you want to model for them? Alexis, do you have any thoughts about that? What do you want to model? Yes. And it's, it's interesting because I think of this often where I think of the women in my life and kind of the examples that they've been to me. And it's been hard to see that really modeled, especially with like the older generation where it's like you pour your heart and soul into motherhood. And maybe when your kids grow up, then you kind of get to look into other things that you want to do. But it's like, And I have a few friends that I feel like model this really, really well, Mm -hmm. but it's been interesting thinking back of like, you know, my aunts and my grandmother and my mother. And one thing that I do wish I would have seen was like them doing things that spark joy or connecting in a creative way and taking care of themselves. I even remember as a child, just feeling for my mom, my mom is a widow. Our father passed away when we were really young and Mm. she did a lot. She was there for us for, you know, so many things, but then she also had her own business. And I remember this kind of juggle and this harmony that she was fighting for, but I remember her always kind of feeling bad and guilty about it because Mm. I know that if her circumstances were different, her life maybe would have been a little bit different. But then yet still, she did such an incredible job of showing up for my sister and I, and also building a successful business. Mm. And so I guess that sometimes even my expectations get a little bit, I don't even know how to explain it, but it feels a little confusing to me too, because the women in my family that had to balance work and family life, it was because they had to, Mm. and I'm choosing I'm Mm. choosing to build this business. And one of the expectations that I feel is I compare myself to people that have been building a business for five, 10 years and have a whole staff of people. And my belief is that if I don't capitalize on the opportunities that are coming my way right now, they'll all be gone and I'll miss them. Mm. So I feel like this driving force where it's like, but look, these things are, are coming our way. And for other people, sometimes it takes five, 10 years wait, we can't miss out on this. Mm. And so that's one way that I don't feel like things are in harmony because I feel this intense feeling of FOMO, like fear of missing out. <laughs> yes. In this world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think that probably applies to home life too. Like I don't want to miss out on my kids' games. I don't want to miss out on my kids, you know, what school things. And I like the phrase more often than not. So more often than not, I take the opportunities at work that, that, you know, come my way. More often than not, I'm there for my kids. And I've probably said this a few times before on this podcast, but um, that's how much I like this phrase because it kind of creates this more realistic expectation that you're not going to have to be able to take every single opportunity that comes your way. But more often than not, you can. And more often than Mm. not, you'll be there for your kids in the way that you want to. So it's not about taking everything. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That is so good. It's, it's been kind of an all or nothing thing, I think for me, you know, Mm. and so that is really more often than not. I love that. And think about 
So, so what you're describing, Alexis, is more from a scarcity mentality, like this opportunity will never come my way again. And what yes. if, what if you came from a perspective of, you know, this is a great opportunity. It's, it may not be the right time and something better is coming our way when the time is right. I love that. I think that's fabulous. It just feels more abundant, more trusting and less fear-based. Yes. Well, and I think because things have happened pretty quickly for us, like we are just barely a year old. Mm. This wow. actually. And it's been a whirlwind and it's been amazing and wonderful and beautiful and also hard and awful. And we've learned a lot, but I guess because everything kind of happened for us in 2020, when the conversation about race was such an important conversation. I mean, it's mm. always been an important conversation, but I felt like people really wanted to talk about it. Yeah. But I guess I do have this fear of, you know, people are going to move on and they're not going to care. And we have to take every opportunity that comes our way right now because it might not last. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think that that is a belief that is hurting probably both of us in our business because we do, we have to think about these opportunities will continue to come. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're, you know, staying focused and, and building out our business, which we are, but it doesn't mean we have to take every single thing that comes our way because we're human and we can't do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you will evolve and the broader culture will evolve and it may not look the same as it looks in 2020 or 2021, mm-hmm. but there will, there will be other places where you'll be able to lead important conversations. You know, I think it's just helpful to think more abundantly. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to evolve and change and opportunities are going to evolve and change. And this is exciting, not scary. I love that. I think that's Absolutely. really good. So did, did we kind of skip over the guilt part or do you feel like we've kind of, that's woven in, into the conversation? Do you want to talk more specifically about the guilt? Yes, let's let's talk about guilt. So I will be really honest. I feel like sometimes guilt is a really good indicator for me knowing that I need to harmonize a little better in some areas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I feel like it gets tricky because if I sit in that for too long, it really is negative and damaging. So it's like, I mean, I'm honestly thankful for guilt sometimes because I feel like it helps me know where I need to direct my time and my efforts. Mm. But then there's times where I feel like it's just really destructive Mm -hmm. if I just sit in it for too long. You make a really good point, Alexis. Guilt is there to let us know that our behavior needs some readjusting, that we need to make some different choices or make some changes. So it's there to propel us to take action, not to sit in and then self uh, go into self-loathing or those kind of things. So it's, it's there to motivate action. And if you sit in it, that, that doesn't motivate action that actually feels disempowering and like you can't move. (laughs) Yes. It feels like you're paralyzed, like Mm -hmm. paralysis because you just don't even know where to go. And you're feeling this like negative emotion. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, it's like, how do I take myself out of that? Like, what is the part where I can take myself out of that or 
sit in it. Yeah. So do you have an example of something that you're currently feeling guilty about? Yes, I do. Okay. I actually have yes. lots of Oh, examples. good. Yay. <laughs> okay. So, so one has been, um, I feel like prior to this year, I've been really invested in my kids' education. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been really on top of homework, laundry, really healthy meals. Like I care a lot about, you know, the food that we have, like that's kind of my love language. So I would make a lot of things from scratch, a lot of things homemade. And I've been feeling so guilty because I feel like this last school year, like there were homework assignments that were missed. There was lots of Costco food that was purchased. (laughs) And there were times where my kids were in a panic because the laundry wasn't all ready to go for them the next day when they needed it. And I've been feeling really guilty because I can see the stress that it's created in my children's world Mm. and even kind of the lack of safety because prior to this, I've been really on the ball with those things and they know that they can trust it and depend on it. But then this year, I feel like I felt their fear and panic, like, whoa, 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 whoa. We normally do it this way or wait, mom, we're, I don't have clean clothes. Like, what am I supposed to do? And, and it's like, there's moments where I'm like, okay, they're having to problem solve things and figure some things out that are probably good life lessons. But then also there's been a lot of guilt where I'm like, they're really little and me creating this safe world for them helps them go to school and be more successful. Hmm. And so I felt like I've really wrestled with that a lot where I felt like a really bad mom this last year and this Hmm. school year and that 2020 and 2021 was hard enough and kids going to school in a pandemic. And I feel like I didn't do my part to make their world feel safe. And they had to fend for themselves in a lot of areas that they've never had to before. Mm. And especially for my little kids, my older kids, I felt like some of it was good learning experience, but for the little kids, I feel really bad. Mm. Okay. So who says that all of those things are your responsibility alone? Me. Okay. Do you have a partner? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And and my husband is very involved. And so, I mean, he does a lot of laundry. He does cooking. Like he does everything. And maybe there's some guilt too, that he's had to take a bigger role in all of that. But is he in charge of anything? Because you're still holding, so he might be cooking, but you're still holding the responsibility of it's my job to make healthy meals for my kids and they're not going to feel safe if they don't have laundry. And so is there anything you can say, you know, honey, I really need you to take on the laundry as your thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention it again. Is that something you can take on? Or can you be on meals Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever? I love that. Yeah. Who says it? You have to do it all right there. Yeah. (laughs) Especially if you're working. Yeah. Well, Shante, we've had many conversations about our husbands do way more laundry than we do and we feel bad about it, but why it's their laundry. It's their family, their kids. (laughs) Well, and that's what I'm sitting here thinking. I'm like, if it were just like, okay, can you take the laundry from here on out? You know, that does take that responsibility that it's mine mm-hmm. out of it. And it really does shift those feelings tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. just blew my mind when you said, <laughs> it, 
And, and it's so simple, but it just rocked my world because my husband is very involved as well, but I'm in charge. Right. And so I'm saying, can you clean the bathrooms this week? And he's like, yeah, totally. No problem. But if something doesn't get done, I take the guilt and responsibility because I'm in charge and I don't right. need to be in charge. Right. And that is I'm called mental charge. It's mental labor. It is work <laughs> to tell people what to do, what needs to be done to track it, to feel guilt about it. If it doesn't get done, all of that is work. It is. And it's so funny because I feel like half of the things that are so hard are the mental labor, like, Mm -hmm. you know, actually doing laundry doesn't feel as hard than the mental labor of thinking, okay, what kids have clean clothes, what kids don't. And, oh, I need to mention to my husband for him to do laundry or that's so much like mental labor. But I think when we take ourselves out of the role of being in charge, Mm -hmm. it really shifts things a lot. Yeah. You don't have to feel guilt. You don't have to feel responsible. You don't even have to think about the laundry. Yeah. This is, this is rocking my world right now. I just, <laughs> I'm over here. Like I have been creating jobs for myself in my own mind that don't really have to exist. I've been working overtime just to fill my control issues. Like mm. that's it. That's all. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. hard to let go. It's hard to let go. Super some of this. It is. Yeah. I talk a lot uh, about creating partnership families. And th- those are families where everyone shares the responsibility of running the household and everyone's contributions are valued. And it doesn't fall just on one person. And so this is kind of what we're we're talking about now is creating this partnership family where maybe your older kids, Alexis, are the ones who are in charge of laundry. It doesn't just have to be your partner. Maybe, you know, they take one day a week where they make a healthy meal. I don't know how old your kids are, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's part of contributing to family life. Yes. So it, it can be your kids. Your kids can have responsibilities to contribute to the family as well. Of course, you don't want them to take on the burden of parenting or the burden of making money or things that are, are not age appropriate. But I think sometimes we don't give our kids enough ways to contribute to our household. I love that. And I, I think also that when your kids understand your goals and what you're working towards, I feel like it can become more of a team effort and everybody, you know, I mean, as a family, we want to support each of us individually in the things that we're working towards. And mom can be in that also. (laughs) You're in the equation. You're not outside of, yeah, everyone deserves support. Everyone deserves to be celebrated. Everyone deserves to contribute. I love that. That is so good. Dr. Julie, you're so good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, so let's kind of talk a little bit about like, what are kind of the take-home nuggets that you have received from our conversation today? It's been so good. You're both delightful. Yeah. What are you going to take with you? So for me, I had this sort of aha moment as you were talking that I am, I am the creator of a lot of my own stress because of the standard that I'm holding for myself that maybe isn't realistic that I'm still a successful mom if I'm not there 
sun, moon, and stars. If I'm mm-hmm. not there, everything. Yeah. And then, as I said just a second ago, the concept of making myself in charge of everything at home, that is really a huge burden on me. Mm-hmm. Just even the term mental labor, like I connect so deeply with and just that realization alone, because my husband is not opposed to helping. He's just let me take the role that I've created for myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've created it, but you've also been taught from birth that it's your job. So it's really not a personal thing. It's a societal thing. It's a cultural thing. So I don't want you to blame yourself because we're taught this. Good mothers are always there. You know, this is cultural stuff. And so, of course, we absorb it because we want to be good parents. We want to be good moms. So it's it's okay to let go of that, to not blame yourself, but to recognize, okay, I, I can change this. I can let go of this. I can pass this on. I can reassign things and I can let go of some of it. So it's not so heavy. Yeah. And that's the thing is it does get really heavy. And yeah. I think just as Alexis said earlier, we come from a generation of mothers who, who didn't really take time for themselves, but in a way of showing selfless love. But I think there is some difficulty with that. As I'm finding in my life right now, that I do have to be able to have that harmony of bringing other things in and not solely having one thing that I do, which is motherhood, because then I, I lose myself and I lose my ability to do other things that I'm really good at, that I really love yeah. and, and try and bring those things together. So I've had a lot of great aha moments in this conversation. Wonderful. Shante, thank you for sharing that. How about you, Alexis? So, so many things I'm sitting here making all these mental notes, but one was just really recognizing the mindset of scarcity versus abundance mm. and just knowing that we like this fear of missing out, a lot of it is my personality too. I've always felt that way. Shanti can totally <laughs> attest yes. to this where it's just like, yes, let's go. Let's do, look at this opportunity. Let's just seize the day and jump in head first. And in a lot of ways, it's really helped me in life. But then in a lot of ways, it's it's been hard and it's been harmful where I have to be able to trust that things will continue to come my way and opportunities and blessings And living in that mindset of abundance Mm. is what I want for myself. And I want that for my children. I want that to be their belief also Mm. that there will be an abundance of opportunities in their life. And it's not just one thing at one specific time. And then I also feel like what you said just about like harmony versus balance. Mm -hmm. I feel like that really clicked with my brain really Mm. well. Um, And I think as sisters too. Like back in the day, we used to love to sing together. And I Mm. think just that example of sometimes one of us was singing and then the other, and then the times where we get to do this together, I feel like it was just such a good visual um, Mm. of connecting that to our life and that sometimes things are going to feel way off balance. And that's okay because sometimes, you know, that one melody or that one part is going to be louder and stronger, but then just like any beautiful piece of music, the other part will come in also. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yay. (laughs) 
we haven't solved the world's <laughs> problems, but we have made a little bit of progress in in balancing work and family life. So that makes me really happy. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so yeah. much for being on the podcast today, Alexis and Shante. It's just been delightful to talk with you. And uh, everybody go follow at let's talk underscore sis on Instagram and uh, get in on the conversation that these two sisters are having important conversations about race and diversity and relationships. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.